All right, good afternoon and welcome to this PointCast broadcast of um, Good Money. I am Frank Jameson, your host, and I'm here with Anthony Arnold, a co-contributor uh, who also hosts his own show um, on politics. He's come here to help us and we're going to step into um, some policy here. And that's why I brought Anthony in to kind of help me with this conversation. And the reason why we're having this conversation is because um, even though we are talking money and personal savings and personal finance as well, policies, the policies that our government um, enacts and amends do affect us and our ability to save and create wealth as well. So what we're talking about today is what is called the SALT tax. And this tax um, has been around for actually a while. It's been around since about the 1800s. And the SALT deduction is a state and local taxes deduction. That is what the SALT means, state and local taxes. And um, it basically was kind of enacted from the history that I've been able to dig up and the research that I found to kind of offset the income, the income tax that was when it was created. Um, it has gone through many changes and many challenge and many amendments in that time. Um, a couple of the major ones were during the Reagan era. And also we had one that was actually happened during 40, the, our last administration during the 45 administration. And what happened at that point was he put a cap on it, $10,000 cap on it. So that's my basic knowledge on the SALT tax. Um, I brought Anthony in to kind of talk about some of the changes that are being proposed to it currently and how that may affect us as the average citizen and trying to build our wealth. So um, introduce Mr. Anthony Arnold. How are we doing today? Doing good, man. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this. We're talking about tax deductions and it's tax season. So, yeah. You know. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm actually looking forward to this one because this was actually, like I said, this was one that you actually introduced to me that I wasn't even aware of. So, um, you know, I kind of consider myself the average American. So if I didn't know about it, I'm, I'm going to make some assumptions that the average American wasn't quite, quite aware of this. So if you could, um, give us a little run, rundown of your knowledge of this tax and, you know, a quick over overview of what is being proposed and change is being proposed to it right now. Yeah. So uh, I didn't know anything about it at, at first either. Right. Um, I only learned about it because, you know, I was looking at something Mitt Romney was proposing and he was going to pay for his proposal. And, and I know we'll dig into his proposal some more, but he was going to pay for it in part by getting rid of the SALT deduction entirely, which sort of led me to ask myself, well, what is the SALT deduction? And so then, you know, I looked it up, read about it, kicked it to you because I said, well, this is much better for his show uh, than it would be for me because it deals right directly with money. So, um, yeah, you know, what's being, not, there are two things being proposed to it right now. Mm -hmm. Romney wants to get rid of it in order to, to pay for some of his uh, child uh, his child care, child poverty reducing proposals, mm -hmm. but uh, Democrats want to lift the cap and restore it to where it was before 2017, which would let people who are really, cause it's, it's for the wealthy, mm -hmm. right? So it would let wealthy people have it unlimited again, and they could just deduct as, as much as they, as much as they wanted to. Um, so there's sort of a reversal from what we're normally used to. Uh, mm -hmm. Democrats are really pushing hard for, I mean, what could fairly be called a 
a wealthy class tax break. So I want to touch on two things in there. Um, one is how does the salt tax benefit the wealthy over the average American? Yeah. So the average American, we just don't pay enough in state and local taxes to really make it a valuable deduction to us. Um, that's just the sort of long and short of it. You know, if you make more money and you pay more in taxes, it's just more valuable to you. So most of us, you know, when you're doing your taxes, like I said, it's tax season. So when you're doing your taxes and you take that sort of standard deduction, mm-hmm. uh, that's just it, right? You take your standard deduction, move on with your taxes. But if you are really rich, you know, you're mm-hmm. doing those itemized deductions and you're deducting every which way you can. And for them, being able to deduct, deduct their state and local taxes is really beneficial. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. People like you and me, I mean, we're, we talked, we laughed about this the first right. time we talked about it. I was like, right. I don't itemize my deductions. I just right. give me the standard. Right. <laughs> That's it. So, so let me ask, because this seems a little, um, counter to the normal Democrat talking point of we should tax the rich. And it seems like right now they're fighting to ease taxes on the rich, on the wealthy. Yeah. So uh, let's let's touch on that a little bit, and let's. Uh, I'm curious as to you know what your what your knowledge is on why they're doing that, because like I said, this seems counts totally counter to what they normally yeah. say. Well, and this is where you know, like you said, we got to get into the politics of it, right? Um, the current minority leader and the, the current majority leaders in Congress uh, is Nancy Pelosi from California and Chuck mm-hmm. Schumer from New York. Mm-hmm. New York and California are two of the states. Because they have a high concentration of wealth, the residents in those states benefit a lot from having this be uncapped. And so they are pressuring, you know, Schumer has explicitly called for getting rid of the cap. He really wants, because Wall Street money really would like to be able to deduct as much as they want. And while people often say, big donors of the Republican Party, we think of the, you know, formerly Sheldon Adelson, there are a lot of big donors on the left. Right. There's a lot right. of people in Hollywood, for instance, making a lot of money. You know, we're Marvel fans, you and I, right? We're nerds. But look, right. I know what Robert Downey Jr.'s tax bracket is. It's the right. highest one. Right. My dude makes <laughs> tens of millions off royalties every year. He would really like to be able to deduct that state and local tax, I'm sure. Or sure, his accountant would probably say, Robert, we could save you like hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Mm-hmm. So they have a lot of big donors of their own in places like California and New York. And the majority leaders for them are from states that would really benefit from this. And yeah, that is leading them into this very weird position where they are pushing for something that even progressive policy think tanks, mm-hmm. um, you know, because we both researched this, progressive policy think tanks agree this would be this would be beneficial to the rich and provide almost nothing for the average person. Hmm. Yep. So with that, so with that, I mean, so um, you're saying Romney's proposing to eliminate it to um, basically fund some programs that he wants. What are those programs particularly? Yeah, so the the Romney proposal would be a, a proposal that it would send money to families every month. So for their first for their first five kids. So if you got, you know, if you're like a if you're like Mitt Romney or, you know, we were talking about like Mormons to have more kids. So like if you have five kids though, for every kid, you will get a check every month. And this 
equals over the first 18 years of your kid life, it, it equals out to about $60,000. And it's direct cash. It's not a tax credit. Mm-hmm. It's not something we get to you at income tax time or when you're filing your taxes. This is money in your pocket every month for 18 years for the first five kids you have. Um, mm-hmm. And it adds up to obviously $60,000 is real money. I mean, this, right. ain't, this ain't chunk chains. This ain't pocket chains. This now, is life-changing money. And he wants that- to pay for it in part by, sorry to cut you off. He wants to pay oh, for yeah. it in part uh-huh. by lifting this, by, by getting rid of the salt deduction entirely and using the savings to help pay for some of this proposal. Okay. Now, yeah, sorry for the interruption. I wanted to yeah. let you finish, but um, I find this interesting. And my question, my next question is, I've got a couple of questions j- jumping in my head on this, but what is the, so what is the GOP? Is there, what kind of support is there behind this on the GOP side? So, um, they would probably love to get rid of the SALT deduction because mm-hmm. it would primarily punish blue states because mm-hmm. the primary beneficiary of it is like New York, California, New Jersey, Illinois, all primarily blue states. Mm-hmm. But they don't support Rodney's proposal because they think it would disincentivize work. Mm-hmm. Sort of their classic line, you know, if we give people money, it will disincentivize work, which is we're not going to get into that because that's a whole different conversation of its own. So they're mm-hmm. not they're not really supporting the Romney proposal. The Romney proposal, as it stands right now, is kind of dead in the water. Mm-hmm. Um, Democrats don't like it because of the various changes it would make to the SALT cap, but also some right. changes it would make to other programs. And Republicans right. don't like it because they don't want to give people money. And so it's mm-hmm. in this strange spot where it doesn't have any big support, right? even though it would explicitly be good for a lot of people. <laughs> I find that very interesting. I find that very interesting. Uh, on a side note, I actually came across a, I didn't get to finish reading it before we got in there, but I actually came across an article where um, a small town in, I think, California actually did an experiment where they um, basically gave people money. So they, they, and they did this in the experiment. They had a control group and they had this group where they gave money. And what they actually found was that the group that they gave money to actually their unemployment decreased while the group that they didn't give money to their unemployment increased, which totally countered to, to this argument. Now, this is small. I mean, of course, that's small and, and we're probably not going to hear about it too much just because of what it does. But yeah, I find that interesting. So with all this, I mean, this is a very interesting place. Um, it feels like for both of the parties, considering what we generally hear out in the mainstream circa about these parties. Um, what, so if they actually eliminate this cap, what do you see, what kind of benefits or um, detriment would we possibly see um, as an average American to our taxes, to you know our public services, anything like that? Yeah, so if they were to uh, uncap it again, it would really benefit the wealthy. None of us would see a real change in our day-to-day lives because um, it would just be added to the national debt. And I'm sure that's something you'll be getting into at some point on your show because the national debt is this whole separate deal. <laughs> Good luck. Have fun with the national debt <laughs> the episode. I don't envy you. Um, but somewhere down the line, the national debt could hurt normal people, but that's too far in the weeds for what we're doing right now. But the real benefit comes if they choose to eliminate the cap and mm-hmm. just d- reduce or eliminate the deduction. Rather, mm-hmm. if they eliminate the deduction, that money, 
can be used to do things that benefit average people. Mm-hmm. And so um, the, the, the thing to be gained is only if they get rid of this deduction entirely. And it's probably pretty clear to people which, which side I favor. I mean, I am a married, married man. I do have kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about what this money could have meant to me could have meant to my family because you know in addition to the monthly money you know Romney's plan would also give families like twelve hundred dollars three months before the kid was born anyone who's ever had a kid will tell you uh, there's a lot you have to buy before the child is born right <laughs> they they need a lot of stuff when they come home from the hospital like right. a lot of stuff um and so like that twelve hundred dollars can go a long way towards getting rooms ready and getting outfits and cribs and strollers and seats. And, you know, um, and I think so that's where all the benefit lies is if they get rid of this deduction and and Democrats choose to do something else with it. And I know that Biden has proposed doing things for, for kids. And in some of his recent COVID bill, he's actually doing that, but it's, it's sort of important to note none of that's being paid for. Um, Democrats are just going to fund it with debt spending. And, you know, while that's an option, there is yeah. another option. Right. We could maybe pay for it and do do awesome stuff, too. And and we, we could do awesome stuff without adding to our debt. <laughs> OK, so let me ask, because um, one of the things that's popped in my head has been socialism and it's it's weird like I said, this, this bill is in a weird place. And um, actually, let me step away from that. Let me touch on this. So um, me personally, I tend to drift into social media to kind of see the political, where the political heads lie and where, where the atmosphere is. Given how quiet this has been, I haven't really seen a lot about that. Why do you think this has been so quiet given the effects that this this bill could have why do you think this has been so quiet in the in the in the media i mean this seems like a fairly significant yeah act. uh oof. you're asking a great question there because i've i've wondered that i've kind of wondered that myself my suspicion is that uh democrats see what biden is planning on doing with his relief bill and they know that while his while his tax credit is only one year, the understanding is that uh, they want to make it permanent next year um, and just fund it with deficit spending. And so they're not they don't really feel like there's a reason to do the Romney plan because they have their own thing. And even if their thing isn't as good, it mm-hmm. still would help people and it would help mm-hmm. working families. And so they don't feel pressured to respond to Romney and and Republicans. Uh, they just don't really have working class people planks anymore. Hmm. that's just that's just not now they should uh but but they don't and so even among social media because you're right you know i follow a lot of people on twitter and i can tell you the only people on twitter who are really talking about this plan were economists who were really Hmm. excited about the romney plan right but they're economists and nobody really cares very much what economists say i mean i i like economists right generally i'm a fan of their work but I know most people just don't care what economists say. Like no one, most people don't read the New York Times for Paul Krugman, for instance. They're just not excited with 
Paul Krugman uh, columns don't drive New York Times sales. Right. That is that is true. <laughs> um, but I mean, like I said, that that in itself, I mean, that's kind of at the heart of my question in itself is yep. the, the, the main, as we call it, so you like to hear on social media, all the kind of MSM, you know, I've been largely quiet about this, which, yeah. which I find a little amazing, particularly given what we what has been said is the liberal bend of, you know, our, our mainstream media. Yeah. I mean, just to give so, you an example, though, here's something for two weeks mm -hmm. ago. I just looked this up right now on the spot. Two weeks ago, mm -hmm. New York Times had an opinion piece um, mm -hmm. by their editorial board, so which is like a big deal. And the headline is Mitt right. Romney has a plan and Joe Biden should borrow from it. Mm. That's the headline. Mm. Like this plan is a is a really good thing. And we should re we should really seriously be talking about, you know, how great this is. And what they say is that child poverty requires a permanent fix. Because his plan isn't temporary, it's not one year, and it's not deficit funded. It is a permanent fix towards stopping child poverty. That is the New York hmm. Times, hmm. and and even and but articles and it didn't generate any traction. The New York Times said it, but it didn't go anywhere. I mean, you would think child poverty would be right. Eliminating child poverty <laughs> would be a pretty big, right. big deal. <laughs> yeah. Where are the CNN panels talking about this? Where are the MSNBC panels talking about this? And sometimes, you know, the silence around some things is as is as telling as what's being said. Yes. Yes. So. All right. Well, we've we've kind of digressed a little bit from the policy itself. Um, do you have any final points um, in regards to what's going on with this? Um, any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, my final thoughts are twofold. You know, the first thing I said is that the money, so this proposal by Romney, because there's two things, the Romney proposal and then there's the SALT deduction. So the Romney mm -hmm. proposal, I, I already said it, but I'll emphasize it again. It would have been a lot to, mm -hmm. to me. Um, when we had our son, we had to move. We needed a bigger apartment. We had had three kids. We needed to move. Moving costs money. Mm -hmm. That would have been really nice for us to not scramble to find money for trucks or whatever else that would have been nice. Um, as my kids face college costs of their own, you know, uh, if we didn't need the money, we could have put that aside to help them offset the cost of their future college so that they wouldn't have to go into debt to finance college the way I did. So that's, that's part of, you know, my final thoughts is this money could really mean something concrete to, to, to people. Mm -hmm. The other part is when you, when you hear about things like the salt deduction, uh, I think it's worth people realizing the politics of what impacts your, your pocketbook, your pocketbook, my pocketbook, our pocketbooks. The politics of this are, are more scrambled than people think they are. Mm -hmm. There's no clear like this party loves the working class and this party loves the rich. That is not how this works. Mm -hmm. Like disabuse yourself of that notion completely. That is, that is simply not how politics works. And if you're thinking that works, you are lost. Like that is simply not true. There are, yes. there are advocates yes. for the wealthy all over politics. Everywhere, every, both parties, every state, they're everywhere. And um, you see things like this, uh, realize that sometimes what hits your pocketbook, right? Because that's what we do on, that's what you do on this show. What hits your pocketbook right. is driven by, by forces you may not fully understand. And that's, you know, what you're trying to help people do. Right, right. <laughs>
Well, um, I'm going I'm to close out there. Thank you for coming on. I appreciate your input and your thoughts here and, and what you shared with us. Um, to my um, good money audience, this right here is why we talk about policy as well and not just your personal finances because this does have an effect on you um i do we do this to share how these policies can affect us um to kind of get into the weeds a little bit that a lot of us um don't get into aren't aware of don't want to touch um because these things do affect us so you will hear more from us on good money about policies but we're going to close out today i thank you for taking the time to listen to us if you have any questions or thoughts or ideas for the next um, show feel free to share them on our website or our facebook page thank you anthony arnold and good night